Welcome to Fast Cars, Fast Girls. We are your IndyCar experience. And this week we have with us Kate Davis, a woman of many, many talents. So, Kate, I know it's hard to make like a live audience sound in the background, like people are cheering. But, uh, Kate, thank you for joining us this week. It's my pleasure, ladies. Happy to be here. (laughs) Sounds all professional. Well, you know, I am the director of communication. <laughs> I suppose that's true. If there's somebody on this call that should be professional, it should be you. No, it's um, true. And, and you've been in motorsports. You have a, I don't want to say like you've been in motorsports for a long time. That just sounds bad. But you've got a really great resume. How about that? A very impressive resume. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I worked really hard on it. Um, but yeah, I've been in the sport for a long time in, in various roles. Um, most of my life I've been in, in motorsports. I actually, strangely enough, started out as a television producer, believe it or not. I, um, had aspirations in college of being a political producer. I really wanted to produce Meet the Press or 60 Minutes. Um, and then... While in college, um, there was this, I was going to college in Los Angeles at Loyola Marymount University, go Lions, and uh, there was this very famous case going on in Los Angeles during the time that made me not want to be in TV news at all, uh, and it was the O.J. Simpson trial. I was like, I think I can date that. And I was like, huh, well, what else do I like? I love sports. Um, I come from a, a family that has a diverse background in sports. Um, we have some of our uh, older generation that maybe played some minor league sports. Uh, my brother worked for the Los Angeles Kings during the Wayne Gretzky era. Nice. Uh, my cousin Ryan uh, was the head coach for the women's basketball team at Pepperdine University. So we all have kind of dabbled in sports um, across the generations. And so I thought, well, I'll go into sports TV. So I got myself an internship at um, Prime Ticket, which is now part of the Fox Sports family. And I was in the right place at the right time. I started my internship about six to nine months before uh, Fox Sports bought all of those regional networks like Fox Sports South and Fox Sports West and all that good stuff. So I was there for the launch of that. And when you're one of few females in a group of 25 to 30 males and nobody wants to cut the motorsports highlight, but your family has always watched the Indianapolis 500, you raise your hand and say, I'll cut that. So (laughs) I uh, started, you know, that became my niche. I started cutting NASCAR and Formula One and, uh, IndyCar highlights, Champ Car at the time, uh, and IRL at the time, and then I started going to events. So um, that was really awesome. I got to cover the Long Beach Grand Prix, the Fontana race out at California. I got sent to both an Indy 500 and a Daytona 500. Um, so yeah, started as a production assistant and worked my way up to feature producer and started meeting people in the industry. And I knew the person at NASCAR. I ended up working at NASCAR, but I knew a couple people there. um, And they said, you should really apply for this job. And the job was to help television affiliates and networks uh, with their stories when they came to the race. And I thought, well, that would be perfect for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was always, when I describe my TV production career, (laughs) I always laugh and say, I was not that person that liked to sit in the edit bay for 12 to 15 hours (laughs) and pretty pictures. But if we were going to go cover an event, I was really good at all the logistics of all of that, right? So I parlayed that uh, into a job at NASCAR. And I uh, worked there for 17 years in various roles, whether it was in PR or television production. Got back in. They have a a production arm there. Oops, sorry, my dog just barked. No worries. (laughs) Um, And then when NASCAR relaunched NASCAR.com and took it in-house from Turner... Uh, they asked me to uh, get their video team going and hire a bunch of people and, and make that happen. So really had a lot of different uh, wonderful positions there and spent 17 years there and, and really loved it. Um, you know, the world changes and people downsize and 
Um, I left there in 2019, <laughs> but I uh, was lucky enough to get picked up by IndyCar. I worked at NASCAR for 17 years, various different roles. Uh, a lot of my closest friends still work there. Um, but, you know, things change and people change and companies change. And uh, I, I was unfortunately part of a layoff in early 2019. There was about 75 of us that uh, moved on. But that actually opened the door for me to come back to IndyCar. And, um, you know, I, I remember having a conversation with Jay Fry early on. Um, as I was starting to reconnect with people and he said, let me just get my, my VP of marketing in. Let me just get my VP of marketing in. Okay. And, uh, lo and behold, I was brought on, uh, just before May as a contractor to work with said VP of marketing, SJ Ludke. And, uh, it just kind of worked out. It was a trial basis and it just kind of worked out and I'm really glad to be here. And, and it just feels fitting that I'm here because, my parents met and got married here in Indianapolis. My mom grew up here. Uh, they have both passed away. And uh, as I posted on Instagram recently, uh, I now understand with all of the recent snowstorms that we've had, why my father decided to move back to California. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it feel, it's always been a second home. Uh, and so it feels nice to be here, even though they are are gone. I, you know, I drive past the street. My mom grew up on every day on the way to IMS. So that's pretty cool. That's cool. Very cool. I didn't think I knew that. That's, that's awesome. And as we teased, it might be one of the most impressive resumes uh, of people that we have talked to, really. I'm just going to put it out there. TV experience. Whoa. Yeah, it was a really fun time. Um, You know, Fox Sports was really trying to battle with ESPN. Um, the show that I worked on was called the national sports report. So it was kind of like their version of sports center per se. Um, and yeah, I worked with Chris Myers from the Fox broadcast net for NASCAR. Now, um, I worked with Keith Oberman. I worked with, uh, Kevin Frazier, who's now the host of entertainment tonight. Um, Chris Rose, who's at MLB now and, and half the people that I worked with there now work at the NFL network. So I think that's what's cool about TV and sports in general is that you find your people, whether wherever it might be, and you all still connect and talk, right? Uh-huh. I remember pulling up to a Super Bowl, gosh, early, the Super Bowl media day, early 2000s. So maybe like whatever it was in Jacksonville, I don't even remember, maybe 04, 05. Uh-huh. And I hadn't seen Kevin Frazier in probably four or five years. And I ran into him at Super Bowl Media Day, and I was with a new boss, of all things. And here was Kevin Frazier and Pat O'Brien going, hey, Kate, what's going on? And I was like, all right, I know people. Right? You're like, this looks awesome in front of my new boss. (laughs) But it's cool. Sports is small, and you you stay connected with people. Um, And it's like you, you know, you just talked yesterday most of the time when you run into them. So it's really, Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I love about sports. It really, it really does have kind of a, like a close knit, small family kind of feel to it. Um, Mm -hmm. Like when we started this, you know, it felt like it was, you know, this huge thing up on a pedestal. And then like, the more we get into it, we're like, oh, it's just like a family. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, okay, this is cool. Another fun fact, uh, Jay Fry's wife, Danielle Fry, who works for USAC, Uh was one of the people that was integral in getting me on at NASCAR. I... Ended up at a dinner That's so crazy. with her. I'd already applied for the position, and I ended up at dinner with her with another um, producer, a friend of mine who knew her. And he, and, um, he was like, hey, have, you know, did you talk to her about that job yet? And I said, no, hey, I'm trying to get on your team. And she was like, send me your resume tomorrow. You figured <laughs> out. Um, so that was great, because I think my resume was just stuck in a pile, and she pulled it out, and it took a while, because it was 2001, and they were a little bit busy with the Earnhardt investigation, um, oh, yeah. but yeah, it that was, it's a small world. Now she and I go to dinner up in uh, Zionsville, and, you know, gossip, and have, you know, a fun time. <laughs> it somehow always revolves around dinners, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, Danielle is awesome. Um <laughs> <laughs> the, this is just a fun story about her and Jay. Um, 
when we went to one of the 500 victory banquets, we were, you know, we just popped over and said, Hey, mm-hmm. to Jay Fry. And then Danielle walks up and he's like, Oh, Hey honey, this is, and she goes, I know who they are. <laughs> like she was like, I knew who they were before you knew who they were. Yeah. That's, I was like, I love that's you. Danielle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. She and I have been friends a real long time. It's just oh, a lot of great people. Yeah. yeah. No, and she does an awesome job with USAC and mm-hmm. all the yeah. kiddos. <laughs> all the kiddos. The kiddos, yeah. <laughs> so kind of coming from NASCAR to, you know, switching over to the IndyCar side, was it, I mean, motorsports, you know, at the end of the day, motorsports are motorsports, but was there a steep learning? Well, I guess your family went to the 500 all the time, but kind of get to know the ins and outs. Was it a steep learning curve or was it just like, eh, these are the people I work with just in a different building? A little bit. I mean, yeah. it's the same, but different. Um, and it's funny because now with some of my NASCAR friends coming over, um, you know, some of Jimmy Johnson's team are some of my closest friends. And so same thing. It's, you know, they'll call and they'll be like, I have a really stupid question. And I'm like, no, it's not stupid. It's not. No, I, I had the same question when I came over. It's fine. So, um, it, you know, I, I call it a garage. Others call it a paddock. Mm-hmm. I call it a hauler. Others call it a transporter. Um, those were really the things I that I got like ribbed on. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. it's, People are people, and I was honestly pleasantly surprised by how many people I knew in the paddock over here. And I think, quite honestly, I feel like the IndyCar uh, executives were as well. Um, a lot of them went up into the hauler to, to vouch for me unsolicited, which was really, really nice and comforting. Um, I always heard about that and then would go thank them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's... It's very similar. It feels like there's a lot of momentum over here on the IndyCar side. And honestly, that's what drew me to it. I had thought about not staying in sports um, and potentially going and, and going back to, you know, potentially working in politics. In all honesty, back to the meet the press thing. Um, I just, you know, I thought I'd met a lot of people. We actually, um, when I was at NASCAR, we had... Um, worked with a lot of the groups that came for the DNC in Charlotte in 2012, the democratic national convention. And we worked with both people on both sides of the aisle. Um, And so I thought, well, maybe I should, you know, and I actually did call a few of those old contacts and explored it. But at the end of the day, you know, IndyCar was appealing because of the people in the sport, the momentum the sport has Um, the arrow screen was, just getting ready to launch at the time that I was coming on board too. And I just thought, you know, I know it. I love it. Indianapolis feels like I'm supposed to be. And so that's why I'm here. But yeah, it's it's the same, but different. That's my answer. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, I had somebody said, it's not apples to apples. It's more like fruit to fruit. And I was like, I like that. Oh, I like that too. I might steal that. I mean, I did. So go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it is, I say you did join IndyCar at a very exciting time because we do Mm -hmm. have such awesome Ford momentum. Of course, 2020 threw everybody, um, (laughs) threw everybody for a loop. Um, That wasn't what I was expecting. Um, You never want to really move to a new city when then there's winter and then you have a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit challenging for me personally, but um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's been kind of funny, like, even, you know, at my day job, if there's, like, a new nurse or, you know, in the last year, like, there'd be a new nurse and maybe they weren't from Indianapolis, but they got a job here. And I'd be like, oh, well, you need to go to – nope, you can't go there right now. Okay, well, you need to check out – nope, never mind, that's closed. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, even right? trying to tell people things to do or places to go so they get to know the city. It was like, eh, maybe 2021? I got yeah. lots of suggestions once we can go places. <laughs> Yeah, that's been challenging. I'm a huge live music buff. So I've been following all the places, you know, on social, but I haven't been able to really go to very many concerts, obviously. Um, A few before the pandemic hit. So yeah, that's been challenging. Ugh, Get my feet under me on a personal side. Uh, So as, as 
it, all right. Is, it's director communications or communications director? Director Sometimes communications, feels- but, you know, tomato, tomato. Well, <laughs> so what does that entail? Are you, are, you know, like, for, for people who don't quite know all of that you do, what do you, what do you take care of or do in that role for the lovely sport of IndyCar? Many, many things. <laughs> um, so my primary goal is to help promote the sport and help our yeah. promoters promote the sport and help their events be successful. Um, but essentially, you know, I pitch and place stories, whether it's with local or national media. Um, I help with events. Like right now we're gearing up for what we call content days where we, it's where we take all of those photos that you see on a poster or in an advertisement for a race, all those things. So right now that's a real big part of my day to day. Um, and that event's coming up here in early March. Um, you know, it, it, it varies. Sometimes it's managing through a crisis, right? Or it's making sure that, you know, a press release gets properly written and distributed and approved and all that good stuff. So it really depends on the day. You know, we're in the middle of trying to um, add some people to our team right now. And what we all say is, you know, no two days are alike, which uh-huh. is really uh-huh. fun. Um, <laughs> essentially, it's... It's helping to manage the brand of IndyCar and promote it uh, as best as possible, if I had to put it in a nutshell. Very good. That makes... If I were applying and somebody said that, I'd be like, that makes sense. So, no, I, I get that. And yeah. it's not just managing through a crisis. <laughs> All of last year was a fun crisis, I'm I'm sure, for, for you. Oh, goodness. Yeah, there were... Ooh. Every day we would think like, okay, we're good. Like we redid this and that's moving forward and all right. And then we get a call and it was like, nope, we're moving this race. And it's like, okay. Uh, all right then. Uh, <laughs> everything was just written in erasable markers. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what's great about 2020 um, is that we learned a lot through it. We learned how to be nimble. We learned how to pivot pretty quick. And also, too, and, you know, our IMS and IndyCar team and IMSP or content team uh, at Penske Entertainment, we all work a lot better together going into 21 than we did in 2020. That was the silver lining of 2020 is that we all learned how to lean on each other a little bit and become one team and all work in the same direction. And that's been really fun. I've made a lot of really new and good friends out of that. Um, but it also creates a really nice work environment because we all, you know, are working together and towards one common goal. Absolutely. Cool. And I don't, yeah. yeah, probably without, you know, the way that last year went, you guys wouldn't have reached that level of cohesion so quickly. Agreed. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. It's a, it's a bonus. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and yeah, you, I say you, you joined just a little bit. I say you joined IndyCar just a little bit before Roger Penske bought everything. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, all kinds of momentum and change. But that actually was nice for me because that was, he was someone familiar, obviously, from my NASCAR days. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was an advantage a little bit. But um, it, I will say this. It has been wonderful. Um, he is someone that works just as hard as the rest of us. Um, you know, probably harder. I mean, he's incredible. I wish I had his energy. Um, he, you know, but we, we want for nothing. He, you know, if we can make a case for why we need something, he will provide it, um, and a resource. And it's, it's been interesting and and really fun. I look forward to what we can do in 2021 now that things are somewhat getting back to normal. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Very cool. So what's been, I, it, it, I always, you know, we like to ask, you know, like what's been the, the you know, that shining moment or that, that great kind of fun time you had. I mean, 2020 is always kind of a hard year to ask that about, but, you know, is there any kind of special moment or obviously, you know, applicable to be uh, put out there that, that you had in 2020 with, with IndyCar? Was it a, a moment before race or a post-race or... A driver That's doing something a good you one. 
That's a good one. I think overall, I would say the month of August, which is what this we called a- it internally because it was uh-huh. May in August. Yeah, we did a lot of cool. Too. We did a lot of cool stuff in August that I think all of us as a team are really proud of. Uh, for me personally, you know, we had one of the first media days ever in a pandemic, um, and we did it responsibly, and and a lot of our Stops were outside or virtual, um, but we conducted Indy 500 Media Day in the middle of a pandemic, and and you know everybody was happy. Um, there were two other things that we did that week that I thought were really content pieces that I thought were home runs, and I'm really proud of. One was the Speedway 33, where we had each driver deliver a, a you know gift bag to somebody's that house, was and so yeah. cool. Yeah, that was really cool um, and really came from like a conversation in a break room of like, how, what could we do? How could we like not have the parade, but have something that could be fun and cool and really reward the mm-hmm. fans that are, you know, so loyal and have been season ticket holders for so long. Um, so that was really fun to pull off. And then the other piece of content was when we asked drivers to go and sit in ticket holders seats. Yes. Yeah, it was a really cool video. And so I think, you know, at the at the end of that Saturday, after we had had the virtual drivers meeting, we did the Speedway 33, and then the ticket um, video was out there. Like we all kind of sat at the end of that day, and of course it's the day before the biggest race of the year, and we were like, wow, we like did a good thing today. Like we made people happy. How cool. So, yeah, you got you guys killed it with all that. You know what? Yeah. You definitely knocked it out of the park with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, back the... to my further point or my previous point, it took every all of us. It took yeah, all uh-huh. of us on the Marcom staff and then some at IMS and IndyCar to pull all of that off. And uh, yeah, it was a really good day. Yeah. Sorry, I was just now remembering when all of a sudden people are like, "Yeah, they're going to a parade," and it was like sneaky, like. It was super sneaky. Yeah, it was super sneaky, and that made it perfect because people like, oh my god, they're like here, and like your Abby's mom is there watching it, and then it was like now they're going to people's houses, and we were like, that's perfection because that it kind of brought in that like, well, it was you know people didn't come, there wasn't a parade, it really did bring that in. That was yeah. It was cool. I got to go with Fernando Alonso, which was really fun. <laughs> and the and what was great is that the race fans didn't know who was coming to their house. Oh, awesome. right. They, they had been contacted, like, "Hey, we'd like to bring something cool by," but they didn't know which driver was coming to their house. So a lot of the ones that got captured on camera that you saw. You know, those were authentic oh, wow. surprise and delights because they, you know, knew somebody was coming. They didn't know who. Um, and my guy was wearing an AMSP shirt. And I was like, oh, who's your favorite driver? And he's like, Pato Awards, my guy. And I was like, oh, in my head, I was like, well, that's not who's coming, but I think you'll be happy. You're like, um. <laughs> so you're like, I don't think you're going to be disappointed, but it's right. not him. people's neighbors came out and were like oh my god people were calling their bodies like yeah one of my mom's friends uh, my godmother her um her neighbor got visited by alio casper nevis and so um yeah so my mom sent me like i don't know 37 different photos of alio casper nevis um like 18 videos yeah you could actually just stream them together um and they would form a video like that's how close together they were uh but (laughs) but yeah she was like look at this so yeah people loved that and i i really like it got me right in the feels to see all the drivers in the different seats uh-huh. And like all the yeah. different views, and because I've sat in many different places at that track for the 500, um, and so yeah, it just—I think I watched that video like a couple weeks ago. Like it just gives me all the warm yeah, feelings I think on I the inside. Yeah, uh, no, me too. Yeah. And I—I've seen it probably, gosh, like a hundred times because we, you know, <sighs> yeah, we're yeah. editing it and all that good stuff. But yeah, it's awesome. It, it was just those were two things that I just, you uh-huh. know, we all were really proud of as a team that we were able to pull off. Yeah. That was perfect. We have a, a friend, um, Sato was actually sitting in the seats and like, it, 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 to everybody seeing it was awesome, but to like, the, the person was like, oh my God, he's in my seat. Like, and we were like, an extra like, bite. 
we know him. I mean, and so we have a we have a couple <laughs> of group threats. It's the the group from Pennsylvania, the Pain Tour, and um, as Sato said, Terry Trigo. Um, <laughs> but I remember that Terry yes. Trigo. I'm in your seat. <laughs> Yes. We're like, really and so literally like as soon as the video dropped i think molly you were the first one to watch it and you were like oh my god like you said it you're like everybody watch this right now terry like stop what you're doing stop what you're doing and then it was just i mean just probably over 150 texts back and forth with like eight people that day just because they were like sada was in our seats because they bring 33 people to that section that's cool so no more, no less. Just like the Indy 500 drive. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and so when we saw it, we're like, Terry Trigo, I'm in your seat. That was just, it was just great. Yeah. yeah, they were all really good. They really were. That's, that's, well, I mean, you've got some great stuff to fall back on. Fingers crossed, obviously, that, you know. Yeah. 2021 well, and- is... And yeah. it was so genuine. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that, like, you know, it was, like, each driver's personality and, like, the things they said, you know, like, it just, it felt so genuine and from the heart and, like, hey, we'll see you back next year. Like, don't worry, we're yeah. keeping your seat warm. And yeah. I think it was, in all honesty. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did those videos the day of Indy 500 Media Day. So either they, on their way into Media Day or on their way out, we put them in golf carts and took them out to whatever spot it was. And like, I, you know, I'll say this in general. I don't get a lot of complaints from our guys. Mm-hmm. Most of them are really amenable and care about the fans genuinely. And as long as it's well organized, I don't get a lot of complaints no. about what we're asking them to do. And that to me is really refreshing. Um, you know, we have a really good group of human beings that race these cars and they really genuinely care about the fans that they serve. I bet that that really does make your, I mean, not easier, but at least a little bit better. You're, you're right. I think, you know, the drivers, a, they, they really just all have, you know, you're like, you've got a good heart, you know, not to sound like, but B, like they, it's one of the most fan friendly groups. Like they really do understand like. These are these are fans. These are our fans. Like they're here. Like we want to do what we can for them. I, I, I no, I genuinely believe that too. Now yeah. it's funny because when I first came over, I've known Hinch for God, probably the longest of any other IndyCar driver, except for Jimmy Johnson now. But um, you know, I got introduced <laughs> to Hinch years ago when he would come to Charlotte to um, voice over some races. Uh, a friend of mine, actually Jenna Fryer from the AP, invited oh, yeah. me to come and have oh, yeah. lunch with Hinch and when he was in town for one of those days. And so it's funny because when I f- had to take him on a media tour when I first got here, and he was like, so, you know, have you come across an honorary driver yet? And I was like, no. And he's like, well, he's my friend, so I can say this. He's like, Alexander Rossi can be a little moody. And I was like, Sir, I dealt with Tony Stewart for over a decade. You were like, bring bring it on. I was like, "Mm, thanks for the heads up. I think I'll be fine. And to be honest, I have had only lovely interactions with Alexander Rossi to date. So, um, but again, that's because you're well organized. Alexander Rossi has a very low bar. A very low tolerance <laughs> for fuckery in general. Like, but if you have your stuff together, then he is very, am- yeah, very amiable. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, I feel like, oh, I mean, you said it yourself. Hey, you know what? If it's well organized, the guys don't complain. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I can see that, right? They're like, all right, this is something I got to do. At least, yeah. like, it's thought out. They're not just, wa- it's when they wander about that things go wrong. Yeah. And it's not my first rodeo, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, no, it's not like, yeah. Yeah, 17 down years. Down a couple of these. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I've like, done a couple of these. <laughs> oh, okay. But That's I also, adorable. you know, I also, when I was young, and then even still, every now and then I'll make a mistake or make a bad call. Um, but I also, you know, I, I learned a lot from people about those kinds of events, too. Like, Jeff Gordon was great in that sense. Like, not during the event, but later, he'd be like, hey, you know what? Like, next time, you only think about doing it like this. And I'd be like, oh, thank you for the positive or constructive feedback, Jeff Gordon. Yeah. Um, 
Who knew about who knew that about Jeff Gordon? Yeah, no, totally. Um, a hundred percent is like that. Um, very cool. Yeah, always open to having that conversation. Even yeah. at the height of his career, it was always like, yeah, bounce it off me. Like I would go to him and be like, we're thinking about doing this. What do you think? He'd be like, oh, that looks good, but don't do that. Like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Good old Who's Your Boy from Pittsburgh. Oh, I mean, of course right. he's, of course he's like, I know what do you need. Okay, here's how you can do it better. Yeah, right. I actually went to him once. I had received some interest from a racetrack about coming to work for them, mm. and I actually went to him. It was like close to the end of the season. I feel like we were in Phoenix. And I, you know, I went through his PR person, John Edwards, and I was like, Hey, I was like, I really just, I need like 10 minutes of his time. I need to bounce this off of him. And he gave great advice and was like, perfectly happy to have the conversation. And was like, <laughs> really, thanks for coming to me. And I was like, no, oh, man, I value your opinion. And he's like, and at the, in the end of the day, he was like, why would you go do that? He's like, your, your gig is good. Don't do that. And I was like, oh, all right. Thanks. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks for the solid career advice, Jeff Gordon. Um, yeah, so yeah. you have, NASCAR you have to put in the like biography. In my biography? All right, uh-huh. Yeah, that's got to be a chapter. Jeff Gordon's life advice. That and kicking David Letterman off of Zoom. Those would be my career highlights. Oh, that's oh. hysterical. Oh, that's... do you girls not know this story? No, we do not. <laughs> We're going to need a dramatic retelling. Do you need me to pop? I mean, like, I can write this down. No, no, it's funny, and it's recent. So, uh, 2020. <laughs> okay. Indianapolis well, 500. Said. Oh, God, no. We're doing okay. everything on Zoom, right? Yep. Yep. So, you know, I feel like I had already had my second and third place finishers leave the building, the Zoom, and I had Bobby Rahal and David Letterman on the Zoom. And probably for about 15, 20 minutes, they were taking media questions. Everything's cool. And I get a text that Takuma is, we had a a room downstairs in the media center that was private, but where we could bring the winner. Right. So one person could be in there doing the zoom. So I get my text that Takuma's ready and is joining the zoom. And so I start to transition. Right. And, and welcome in Takuma because I was going to have all three on the zoom. And Bobby stops me and says, hey, Kate, I got to go. Tell, you know, media, if you still need me, let Kathy know. And I'm happy to follow up with you guys. And so I took that as, because they were in the same room, he and Bob, or David and, and Bobby. And I thought, okay, well, I'll let you both go. And so I went to dismiss them both and welcome <laughs> Kuma. And David Letterman goes, oh, I think this is the first time I've been kicked off a of Zoom. <laughs> Stop it! (laughs) I was like, I was like, well, you're welcome, sir. (laughs) Congratulations (laughs) on winning five hundred. It's really funny. I have it clipped off. I'll send it to you guys, and you can Uh, insert it if you want because it's real funny. Oh, please do. Uh, We're gonna use that. Yeah, (laughs) that's fantastic. Well, and of all the people to do it to, like David Letterman is kind of the perfect person for it to happen to. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was really funny. I don't think he was offended, but it was no, offended. <laughs> no. it's much better. David Letterman gets offended at much. Yeah. Not anymore. He retired. He's living that life, right? Yeah, living that is. Santa Claus life with that beat. Yeah, stop it. Oh. so look. No, it's one it. of the four stages of um, of of male development. When you when they believe in Santa, when they don't believe in Santa when they are Santa and for their kids and when they look like Santa. So he's reached stage four. Ah, okay. Okay. I subscribe to this theory now. Right. It's, it's very fun now. Now when you look at it that way, cause like yeah, your dad, for sure. yeah. Resembles Santa a little bit. Yeah. He's, he's grown the Santa beard. He's quite it's, jolly. It's also the, the quarantine beard though. So, you know, <laughs> it's a mixture of both. It's the, I don't want to be in the same house with my wife beard. <laughs> yeah, Molly's mom retired right before the pandemic. And Molly's literally dad, a month before everything shut down. And 
and Molly's dad is a transplant recipient. So he literally like has barely left the house yeah. in months and was very used to spending his days by himself. That was our... I get it. Yeah. Real I get it. My, uh, my dad was a traveling salesman and my mom always worked like part-time or what have you, sometimes full-time. And when they retired or when like there would be times where he was between jobs, she would just be like, don't you have anywhere to go? <laughs> she was used that. to him being gone most of the week, right? And like yeah. handling her business and like running the house. Doing and she thing. would yeah. call me sometimes when they were, were retired and be like, Can he, do you need him to visit you and fix it? And I was like, no, I'm good. Yeah, super oh, fun. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and run into some PTSD. It's fine. Oh. <sighs> well, I say, Molly, you, you have done that to me on road trips because a lot of times Molly always takes the early the early shift for driving and I take the night owl shift for driving. And so I usually just hop in the car and, you know, we chit chat for a little bit and then I take a nap. And there was some trip that I had said I was going to take a nap, but then I just kept thinking of things I wanted to say and I was really excited and I was chatty Kathy. And Molly hadn't had the necessary amount of caffeine to deal with me. And so I'd like take a breath to say something. And Molly just goes, weren't you going to take a nap? <laughs> I feel like it was a Rolex drive. Yeah. And you would like, you like put in your earphones to listen to a podcast. And then I'd be like, oh, wait, pause that. And then you take them out. And then I'd be like, okay, that's it. And then you put them back in. It was like the third time that I was like, hey, and you, weren't you going to take a nap? <laughs> I'm catching up funny. on podcasts. I'm like, all right. Yep. I was. I was. I'm going to lay down now. <laughs> Oh, so I guess when this airs, see, airs, airs, it's that Southern Indiana coming out early this afternoon. Um, it'll be after the 100 day celebration with the unveiling of the Borg Warner. Yeah. That's, that's excited. So look into the future. Um, not the 500, obviously, because that's everybody's answer, but kind of like what, what's the next race that you're most excited for? this season um i mean always great to get the season going so obviously i'm excited <laughs> for barber yep it's um just, just there i right now with you know almost a foot of snow on the ground i'm really excited for st pete <laughs> anywhere warm yep mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it was sunny um, there today i totally get it now why everyone is normally in such a good mood in st pete um this is why we know, call it adult spring break because right. we literally get there and it's like we're all like teenagers are in college yeah. again and we're like there's sun and warmth <laughs> i'll be totally honest i'm pumped for long beach this year i'm so excited you know i that's where my dad's family is from and where i still have a lot of family um and i haven't seen them <laughs> quite a while yeah and yeah. so it would be nice to get back out to Long Beach. I could also go for an In-N-Out burger anytime. So I would put Texas high on that list for me because um, that is the first opportunity for me to get an In-N-Out burger. Last year, you know, we went down and back in the same day and we entered and exited the racetrack on a bus and it drove right by the In-N-Out and I was really sad. <laughs> nice. we just I literally at like 11 o'clock at night as we're pulling out or whatever time it was and seeing time in the middle of the night I literally had my hands up and I was like it's so close just stop the bus <laughs> it's like where's the where's the wire to pull I need to get off <laughs> so yeah Texas for me because I'll get it in and out burger Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling this answer is becoming all of the race. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, it, you can't say no. You don't want to go to any races, but no. And there's some places I still have not yet been. So, oh, that's right. Right, I've not yet been to Barber because that got oh, canceled last year. That's right. Um, oh yeah, and Port- to, that might be the only one that I didn't get to yet because I had not yet. Road America was new for me last year. Mid Ohio was new. Some of these places have Xfinity races, but I never worked those. So, um, yeah, Portland. I had actually been to Portland with my family back in the day. I want to say maybe like 2000 or 2001. uh, I went to Portland with my parents. This is actually a funny story. 
I went to Portland with my parents, um, knew the PR people. It was Mike Sizzo, actually, who worked yeah. with us for a while last year. Yeah. Um, so it was Mike Sizzo and Steve Shunk were the PR guys, and I knew them. Yeah. So I got us passes and everything. And we're in an elevator at like a courtyard, Marriott Courtyard in Portland, me and my parents. And it was when Max Pappas had blue hair. Do you remember those days? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, oh. I, and I've told Max this story because now I work with him, right? Because uh, he's up in race control for us. And my dad just busts out. And I'm like probably like 24-ish at the time. And my dad goes, nice hair, Max. And I'm just mortified in the elevator. <laughs> You're like, plunge to my death now, please. Yeah, Thank you. Completely <laughs> mortified. I'll tell you who I, I say, speaking of Max Pappas, he is somebody who does, does not care for an event to go other than planned. I feel <laughs> like that's just a driver trait. Oh, he yeah, was. A... I think that's a holdover from being a driver. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, he, we interviewed him once, him and Ari Leindyke, Um, and I was like, because Ari Leindyke won the first 8500 I went to, so like for me, that was like superstar moment, like right. one of the drivers that I had not met that like, you know, I loved as a kid, etc. And so, you know, I'm like starstruck with Ari Leindyke, and we had an issue with the microphones, and they kept going in and out, and then Max was just so unforgiving about this like I created the microphones and the, the, the stark difference of like me being like oh my god Ari Leindyke and then by the end of it being like I, I got sacrifice with Max Pappas because he like got stacked with me he was like do we have one that works and I go I don't I, I swore at him I said I don't own the fucking microphones quit yelling at me <laughs> It was also very hot. It was, <laughs> the heat index was 105, and Molly will tell you I do not do well when I'm uncomfortable. Um, either too hot or too cold. I am I am very high maintenance, but I don't put it on anybody else. I manage all of my own maintenance. But understood. But uh, but yeah, no, I don't like to be too hot or too cold, and that's why. So, I fun fact there. about Texas last year, I we and SJT had like the most brilliant idea. Well, first of all, we brought, I brought extra stuff because I was like, if something happens and I have to stay, like I'm just going to bring a bag, right? Mm-hmm. But we decided midday to have a wardrobe change. So Ooh, that is smart, yeah. I got through practice and I walked to the care center in the 106 degree heat about five times and then I got myself a golf cart. Um Yep. But yes. after qualifying, after being out there in, like, the late day heat, I went and totally changed my outfit for the race. Like, completely changed clothes. And it was a game changer. Yeah. I was like, oh, I am refreshed. Let's race. Right? Like, just not to be in your own sticky sweat anymore. Even though. Yeah, just a yeah. moment. Yeah. It was magical. Was... I, I highly recommend. Yeah. No, a, an outfit change is magical. It uh, is. Yeah, we actually, we did an outfit change when we went to Texas two years ago. We did, didn't we? Yeah, we typically do, we typically do a costume change at least <laughs> once a day, every day that we're at a track. It's really so. smart. I, I endorse. Yeah, fully endorse. <laughs> All right, so since your family has followed racing for a lot of years, I love to ask yeah. this question. Who was your favorite driver when you were growing up? This is mm. a very easy question for me to answer. It is Anthony Joseph Foyt. Uh, yes. Did you just become my father's third daughter? Fourth yeah. daughter, actually. You did. So, yeah. okay, this is another good story. And I don't know. How, I, it is actually true. Okay. So, <laughs> it's been That's verified. the best way to preface a story. It's been verified you know by the source. Here we go. Even if it's not, we don't care. So, my yeah. parents, when they met, lived in an apartment complex here in Indianapolis called International Village. Oh my gosh! I right now. I live in Speedway still. It's literally yeah. Okay, so my father had an apartment, traveled a lot. My mother had an apartment, had a roommate, and another uh, resident was AJ Foyt, kept an apartment there. 
So my dad and AJ Foyt and Johnny Rutherford and my dad's buddy who owns B&W Plumbing would like run around and be morons together when they were young in the late 60s. And my parents went at a party when my mom got too drunk on Harvey Wallbangers in International Village and my dad made sure she got home. My mom's roommate, (laughs) my mom's roommate moved out. My parents moved in together, very taboo in the late 60s. But it was great because, you know, my dad was gone like three or four days a week and they were just friends. Um, So fast forward, I think at 1970, they moved to California. I was born in 74, blah, blah, blah. So my first Indy 500 my first ever Indy 500, because my parents were terrible people and never took me as a child, even though <laughs> they would come back here and go themselves. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> I came <laughs> as a producer with Fox. I was 24, couldn't rent a car. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was the one year that Jack Aru did not work for ABC at the time. I think he then went back to ABC for a while. But anyway, so Jack Arood is my reporter. What? And, you know, I'm like, Jack Arood. Oh, my God. So during the course of the week, he's like, hey, we're going to go interview AJ. And I'll tell Jack the story. So we walk up to AJ. My camera guy is rolling. Jack introduces us. And I say, hey, AJ, I said, "Um, you know, you used to live in International Village. I said, and my dad was like one of your neighbors and buddies. And he's like, oh, what's his name? And I said, Pat Davis. I said, remember him, like HVAC guy? He's like, oh my God. He said, is he still dating that girl, Ginny? <laughs> That's my mom. You're like, mm, kind of. <laughs> Her name is Ginger. She did go by Ginny during that time. And I was like, yeah, they've been married for 30 years and I'm their daughter. And he was like, oh my gosh, that's so great. And so anyway, I gave the video of that moment to my dad for Father's Day that year. My That's, oh. Uh, yeah. Your dad yeah. did not listen to this episode. He will disown both of us. passed away, so don't worry. He won't hear it. No, I mean Molly's dad because oh, he yeah. loved AJ Foyt. Like if he finds out, because yeah, you just showed us up really hardcore. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. is awesome. It is super That's cool. such a cool story. Is he still dating that girl, Jenny? Is he still dating that girl, Jenny? I know. I was like, yeah. What a uh, memory, I know. though. After 30 years? Yeah. I'm super bummed because I brought my dad to the 100th. Jay and Danielle hosted us. We had the most amazing time. But I was never able to make it happen so that the- they could reconnect. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer, but we still had a blast. And my dad, like, you know, was five feet from Lady Gaga, who he loves. <laughs> okay. It was fine. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> oh, too funny. Yeah. Who would have known that AJ Floyd had an apartment over in an international village? Yeah. That's, that's something that I would have been like, nope, bullshit, but I trust you. Yeah. <laughs> That is hilarious. That's Crazy story, right? So much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it really is true. You had it verified. I love that. Oh. Yeah, verified by the man himself. That well, is fantastic. Before we let you go, to, as all of us with the fur babies have to do, you got to take care of them. Right. <laughs> Any, we always like to give guests kind of that the last word, you know, wave that white flag. Uh, anything you'd like to tell the people at home? Um, that is, I, I hadn't thought of that, my closing statement. Um, I would like to say thank you for your loyal, um, fandom of IndyCar. It makes all of our jobs easier knowing that you love it. And, and we love to hear feedback too. So please make your voices known. We are here to serve you. I would like to thank you ladies for your yeah. passion about the sport as well. <laughs> um, you know, it, it takes a village to make this thing go around and everyone has their place in it. 
um, whether you're a fan watching at home or somebody like yourselves that travel to the races and get to know people in the paddock or somebody like me. So, you know, I think. Who apparently knows everybody. Yeah. I don't. Everywhere. I don't. <laughs> All of the paddock. <laughs> I don't. But yeah, this has been really fun, and and we'll have to do it again. I I, I feel like I gave you all my good stories all at once, um, but I don't that's think okay. any will incriminate me either. So that's good. Yeah, they yeah. were all good stories. They I, were all good. You know, they were good. Thank thank you for coming on. This is amazing, and I don't speak for all the fans. Everybody knows that, but I feel that they should all feel good with you at the helm of their communications ship. Well, I wouldn't say the helm. I'm just you know. One person on the giant team. Yeah. All right. You're directing the ship. How about that? Okay. We'll go with that. That works. That works. <laughs> well, yes. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so, plus, it's just always nice to to see a woman doing badass things in motorsports. So. Well, yeah. there are more of us than you would think. Really um, are. You know, we did the um, cool social post for girls yeah. women in sports day a few weeks yeah. ago and i actually had um someone tell me today that they saw that and that they wanted to be one of those women in that photo so good um, yeah so. we're hopefully we'll keep adding more women to the paddock and uh thank you ladies for the the cool work that you do on this podcast uh, well all right, bye. Compliments. For our listeners, you know where to find us. Everything's at our website, www.fastcarsfastgirls.com. Um, you can link to all of our social media, all of our podcasts, Molly's blogs. You can also listen to our podcasts on any app you want to. Uh, we are everywhere. Um, you cannot hide from us. Um, and uh, if you um, want to say reach out to IndyCar, I believe it's at IndyCar on everything. So. It is. It's at IndyCar on everything. Perfect. Twitter, there you go. Instagram, Facebook. Oh, actually, on Facebook, it might be NTT IndyCar Series. Of it is. I believe. I believe that it is. Yes, on that one. It is. Yeah. There you go. Like, like, you got it all down. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. All right. Well, we can wave the checkered then. Thanks again, and thanks everybody for listening. Bye. Okay.